What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 49 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Our main story? Immunity has come up a lot recently, as governments consider whether and how to reopen. Some have floated immunity passports that would allow people who have successfully fought off the virus to go back into society. Trouble is, that assumes an understanding of coronavirus we still don't have. Whether having the virus makes you immune to future infections, and if so, for how long, is still unclear. So who's really immune? But first, here's what happened today. The U.S. recession has officially begun. After 11 years of record growth, the economy shrank at a 4.8% annualized rate in the first quarter. With the coronavirus forcing businesses to close and consumers to stay home around the country, it's likely to be the deepest recession in at least 80 years. That's right, 80 years. The current quarter is expected to be far worse. Bloomberg Economics projects an annualized contraction of a staggering 37%. The Trump administration has launched a project to fast-track a coronavirus vaccine. The goal is to make enough doses for most Americans by the end of the year. The program, called Operation Warp Speed, will pull together private pharmaceutical companies, government agencies, and the military. As part of the arrangement, taxpayers will shoulder much of the financial risk that vaccine candidates may fail, instead of drug companies. There was good news from the pharmaceutical industry today, which brought hope that the first effective treatment for coronavirus could be around the corner. Gilead Sciences said that remdesivir, their experimental drug to treat the virus, worked better than standard care in a clinical trial. The coronavirus outbreak is at different stages around the world. In Europe, some countries are seeing fit to loosen restrictions on movement. Others fear a second wave. France and Spain took cautious steps toward reopening. But in Germany, new cases rose for the first time in three days as the government weighed removing more curbs. New York reported a fourth day of declining deaths, though new hospitalizations rose slightly. In other regions, the virus is taking an even more serious toll. Brazil is rising in the ranking of most hit places by the coronavirus. It is now the country with the third largest number of deaths reported over the past 24 hours, after the U.S. and the U.K., 
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Steeple and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Steeple's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Steeple last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. And now, our main story. As states grapple with the question of when it will be safe to reopen businesses and relax social distancing, there's increasing urgency to better understand who's immune to COVID-19. Does having the virus and recovering from it mean you can't get it again, or at least that you can't be reinfected for some time? The problem is no one yet has good answers to these questions. Here's Bloomberg reporter Kristen V. Brown with more on the science of coronavirus immunity. When I was a kid and I got the chicken pox, one of the things I remember my mom telling me is that I couldn't get the virus that caused the chicken pox again. She told me that I was immune. This, I think, is common wisdom when it comes to viruses. That is, after all, how vaccines work. You're exposed to a virus like polio or the measles. Your immune system identifies that virus and figures out how to produce antibodies that fight it off. Next time you run into that same virus, your immune system is ready for battle. The thing is, that's not always how it works. Immunity is actually a spectrum. There are viruses like the measles that you can vaccinate for and never worry about again. On the other end of that spectrum, there's HIV in which the antibodies you develop just act as a sort of marker rather than actually protecting you from anything. SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, is still pretty much a mystery. We just don't know that much about how the body's immune system responds to it. Recently, Anthony Fauci, the leading infectious disease expert in the country, was on Good Morning America talking about exactly this. We do not know exactly what an antibody tie to means. I mean, there's an assumption, a reasonable assumption, that when you have an antibody that you are protected against reinfection. But that has not been proven for this particular virus. It's true for other viruses. I think it's a reasonable assumption, so you wouldn't say, you know, that's an absurd idea. It isn't. I mean, it happens with other viruses. But we don't know how long that protection, if it exists, lasts. Is it one month? Three months, six months, a year. So that's a lot to unpack. Fauci was talking about a few different things. There are two key questions that scientists are trying to answer when it comes to antibodies and the new coronavirus. How long do antibodies to SARS-CoV-2 remain in the body? 
And for how long do they actually prevent you from catching it again, if at all? Ideally, what you want is lifelong immunity, something you can give people a vaccine for that lasts forever. But early evidence suggests that SARS-CoV-2 is going to be a bit more complicated than that. The new coronavirus is a member of the same group of viruses as SARS and MERS, as well as the seasonal coronaviruses that cause the common cold. They're named coronaviruses because the proteins that the viruses use to attach to cells in a host body are kind of spiky, like a crown. Here's Harvard scientist David Walt to explain this a little bit. Coronaviruses similar to uh, the one that we're dealing with now, COVID-19, such as the first SARS epidemic and uh, the MERS infections that occurred uh, primarily in the Middle East a few years ago, those antibody responses were transient. That is, individuals who were infected lost their immunity after somewhere between two months and 18 months so that most individuals who were infected are no longer protected against those viruses. SARS and MERS are the viruses most closely related to SARS-CoV-2. And a few studies have shown that after a few years, antibodies to the virus disappear meaning there is potential to get reinfected. Studies of both of those viruses also haven't actually shown that antibodies prevent reinfection. To further complicate things, not only are antibodies potentially time-limited, but not all antibodies are actually capable of preventing infection in the first place. Some can recognize a virus, but not actually latch onto it in order to fight it off. The antibodies you want are called neutralizing antibodies, Antibodies that cannot just recognize the virus, but kill it. There's also the chance that the virus could mutate enough that antibodies you have no longer protect against it. One study from the 90s showed that was possible with a seasonal coronavirus. The present thinking is that people who have been exposed develop some immunity to the virus, but we do not know how long that persists and whether that is even going to be protective over a a long period of time. The reason all of this matters is that understanding whether people are immune to the virus will help make decisions about how and when to lift restrictions like shelter in place. Tests that measure antibodies to the virus have been sold as a major part of efforts to restart the economy and get people back to work. New York State has approved an antibody test Fauci himself at one point even suggested that certificates of immunity might be required for returning workers. But that only works if we know the antibodies actually fend off the virus. Here's Fauci again. So the assumption that with the tests that are out there, if you have an antibody positivity, you're good to go, unless that test has been validated and you can show there's a correlation between the antibody and protection, it is an assumption to say that this is something that we can work with. We still have a way to go with them. The good news, there is some early evidence that antibodies mean some sort of protection against COVID-19. For example, in experimental treatments where critical patients are given blood plasma transfusions from people who have recovered from the illness, it seems to make a difference. But there's still a lot of work that needs to be done before we can answer these questions and develop vaccines and reopen the economy. 
That was Kristen V. Brown. And that's our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is hosted by me, Laura Carlson. The show is produced by me, Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, and Magnus Henriksen. Today's main story was reported by Kristen V. Brown. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Schein. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.